You are locked into Locked On Badgers, and it's Axe Week. Here we go. It is Axe Week. Get the axe back. The trophy case is empty right now. Man, Coach Chris was talking about it today at the morning press conference, but the trophy case is empty. He wasn't giving Minnesota too much bulletin board material, I want to say, even even after some baited questions of, you know, trying to get him to talk about, oh, how did it feel, you know, to have Minnesota run all over the field last year at Camp Randall, parade the axe around the state of Minnesota. How did it feel? How did the whole the celebration for Minnesota feel? Paul Chris didn't give him too much. He just said they deserved that celebration. They beat us fair and square. Didn't want to give Minnesota that bulletin board material, but boy, I know deep down this one matters so much to Coach Chris, and of course it matters to the Badgers and these fans. Just a little bit extra this week with the rivalry, but also just the implications of this one. We're talking about it all week right here on Locked On Badgers. I'm Asher Lowe, and I'm the sports director at WSUM 91.7 FM Madison. I'm also a contributor at BadgerBlitz.com, the Rivals affiliate here at UW-Madison, and I'm also a play-by-play broadcaster for many Badger sports, including basketball and football. Most importantly, I'm your host every single day right here on Locked on Badgers, where I bring you the inside student perspective filled with stats, special guests, and all things Badger sports. And of course, a lot of that talk will be about the Axe later in the week. Listen and follow for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and of course, you can play Locked on Badgers on your smart speakers by saying play podcast Locked on Badgers. Do not expect an episode on Thanksgiving Day, but we will be live every other day of this week to talk Battle of the Axe. If I can get one in on Thanksgiving, I will. Don't expect one on Thanksgiving, of course. Got to eat my turkey and stuff. But expect one every single other day of this week. And we're going to start today with Wisconsin and Purdue. The game we saw Saturday afternoon. Senior night. A beautiful senior night ceremony at Camp Randall. Some awesome things to get into about this game. Some also some things that may or may not concern some Badger fans. But... Let's start with the good. Wisconsin wins it, of course, 45-24 over the Boilermakers. And a guy I spoke to after the game, Aaron Crookshank, who has become a, just a you know a huge part of this Badger offense, really, in the last few weeks, using him in the Wildcat. And he really feels like... I was talking to him after the game about the Wildcat and the usage. And, of course, he had a 27-yard touchdown run out of the Wildcat formation that opened the scoring on an 8-play, 75-yard drive. Just took over three and a half minutes for Wisconsin to open the game and open the scoring. And Crookshank said it was like being back in high school. You know, it's like he's touching the ball every play in high school. And he said it almost felt like that with the power read, zone read stuff he used to just run in high school all day long where he touched the ball every single day from Brooklyn, New York. Aaron Crookshank talking about, you know, it felt like video game stuff for him a little bit, being in the Wildcat, being back, touching the ball as much as he is now for this Wisconsin unit. And it was video game stuff on that 27-yard run. Impressive run by Aaron Crookshank up the right side of the field. It was awesome to see for him. And, of course, he's been you know, a guy that helps the Badgers in a multitude of ways. Had a, receive, or, sorry, a kickoff return touchdown last week against Nebraska and now being used out of the Wildcat. Also, Garrett Groshek has been used out of the Wildcat. Had a six-yard touchdown run out of that formation for a touchdown in the you know middle to late third quarter. But Wisconsin opened the scoring 7-0. And then JT did his thing. 51-yard touchdown run to make it 14-3. Wisconsin's rolling. JT's rolling. You know, three straight 200-yard games against Purdue after this one. He's going to be 3-0 in his career against Purdue with three 200-yard rushing games. That's pretty, pretty dang impressive. And let's let's face it, as we'll talk about in a little bit, 
when I get into more senior day stuff, this was JT's last game at Camp Randall. He went out with a bang for sure. And, you know, what a career. What a career. We'll get into it a little bit more later, but he had a whole victory lap thing he did. It was an awesome moment around the stadium at the end of this game. Really felt like goodbye, but, you know, just one of the greatest careers in Badger history. 28 carries, 222 yards on the ground for JT, and, of course, the 51-yard touchdown that I mentioned, nearly 8 yards a carry for the junior in what is almost 100% going to be his final game at camp. Randall, don't want to speculate, of course, because he hasn't said anything, but let's be honest. A running back plays two and a half years in the NFL on average. JT's going to get that money. He's going to go get the bag, and he should go get the bag. You know, the NCAA pays college athletes all of $0 right now. JT should go secure the bag, and I think he's going to do that after this year. And then this game got a little testy. Bryson Hopkins caught two touchdowns, one from Aiden O'Connell, and then one, both the second quarter touchdown, both of them second quarter touchdowns, and then one of them from Milton Wright that was a wide receiver pass that caught Wisconsin completely off guard. Give Coach Brom some credit for his trickery and for the air raid offense that really just, you know, had Wisconsin's DBs and safeties reeling a little bit. And it was it was a, a questionable performance, and there were some drops as well. J.D. Dellinger had a 28-yard field goal to make it 7-3 on that same possession, though. Producer just scored a touchdown. There were multiple times where, you know, People turned to me in the press box and said, if Tanner Morgan's throwing that ball next week, that's a touchdown. You know, if 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 that's Tanner Morgan to the Minnesota receiving core, that's a touchdown. So Wisconsin really got beat over the top quite a bit in this game from the get-go. And Purdue actually had the lead, 17-14, uh, after that touchdown pass from the wide receiver Milton Wright on the trickery. And so Wisconsin was reeling a little bit, and they needed some momentum, and they got it from Jack Dunn, the Madison native Dunner, as he's known, almost like a hockey nickname there from Paul Christ. Got inside over the top and uh, beat Purdue at the back of the end zone. Jack Cohn made a nice throw on that play. Cohn was inconsistent all day. He had an underthrown ball that was intended for Quintez Cephas downfield and never had a chance, really. I mean, it was way short. You could see it from upstairs that, like, it, it just... The ball died. It completely died about 10 yards short of Quintez, and it never had a chance, but did have a nice throw down the right sideline to Quintez for what was even a nicer catch. Let's give most of the credit here to the, yep, I've said it before, I'll say it again, NFL-level wide receiver, Quintez Cephas. This guy's going to play on Sundays. I I 100% believe that, that Quintez Cephas will have a role on Sundays. 29-yard touchdown pass from Cohen where he just made a terrific play in single coverage to go up and get it. Cone gave him a chance. Quintez made the play. Also, Jack Dunn on that touchdown pass that put Wisconsin in front before the end of the half. You know, he he mentioned in postgame that, you know, he knew he was the last option. Like he he, he said in a postgame movie, he's like, he's like he was asked, Did you know that ball was coming to you? And he just said, uh, no, straight up, just I did not. I was probably the last option on that play. And I'm paraphrasing there, but Along those lines of saying, you know, I didn't know it was coming, but I was ready. And he stayed ready, and he made a play. And following that Jack Dunn touchdown, the next scoring play in this game was my favorite play from Wisconsin's entire season. Nothing made me happier than this. I, I, I was just beaming when this happened. Zach Hintz, who he's just a great dude. I, I interviewed him a few weeks back, and... Hintz, he's just a he's he's an awesome guy to talk to, and so down to earth. You don't even know he's like on a football team. I mean, like obviously he's a kicking specialist, so 
he's not exactly, you know, JT level of notoriety and whatnot. And to have the sea of reporters flood him after the game was awesome. But Zatkins came on for a 62-yard school record field goal try, and he inched it in over the left side of the uprights. I mean, it was electricity in the air. Coach Christ, after the game, was asked about that field goal. said he asked the special teams coach, where do I need to get the football to? Uh, and the answer was the 45. Wisconsin got it to the 44 on a Quintess Cephas four-yard pass, and that set up Zach for the bomb of the kick. I mean, it was wild. He he actually is hit from 65 in practice. That's his practice long, he said, is 65. But hitting from 62, longest field goal in Wisconsin history, and close to the NFL record of 64, held by Matt Prater. So, wild stuff from Hintzy. And after the game, he actually had a huge gash on the left side of his head. And I was one to ask him what it was. And it was from celebrating with his teammates. He got just smacked with a helmet. I don't think he's used to being at the bottom of many piles. Let's just put it that way for Zach Hintz. The second half was all Wisconsin. I mentioned the Quintess Sivas touchdown. And then Wisconsin was pulling away from there. It was 38-17 after the Quintess Sivas score following the Groshik. Grosh Cat score. The Wildcat formation that Wisconsin used with so much effectiveness you know, in, in this Purdue game. And it was over from there. But Wisconsin looked nervy in that first half. Defensive questions to be answered, especially against Tanner Morgan and Minnesota next week. So a lot of questions to be answered for sure from a defensive standpoint. This offense has probably not looked better all year long. So, I mean, positives and negatives for this Wisconsin team. We'll see how they respond with the axe on the line. And we'll talk about that battle for the axe a lot, including what the expectations could mean for a win and a loss and what that will mean for the rest of Wisconsin's season coming up at the end of the show today. But first, let's take a message from Roman. Quick message here. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Just go to GetRoman.com locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That is GetRoman.com locked. Coming up, some special stories from Senior Day that I want to share with you. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Wisconsin winning on senior day in blowout fashion at the end. It wasn't actually, you know, as much of a blowout as it may seem on paper when you look at the stats after the game and you look up and down some of the things that stick out to you on the box score in terms of team stats. Wisconsin did dominate this game statistically, especially on the ground. 403 rushing yards for the Badgers, 50 for Purdue. I mean, it just, if that doesn't tell the story, I don't know what does. So, I mean, Purdue came into this game really struggling running the football. Wisconsin kept those struggles going. And it was a special senior day for some a number of guys. So, of course, Zach Bond, a guy that I talked to after the game, and, you know, was just talking about how special this season has been for him and how awesome that moment was to to go out there on senior day and get a win with his brothers. And it just, you know, 
it was awesome to see a guy like Zach, who is such a fantastic human being when I talk when I've talked to him in the past, and I really want to commend him for that. You know, just how great he is to talk to after the games, how generous he is with us, with media, and really good to see him go out. Speaking of fantastic guys, Chris Orr, after the game, made a victory lap. I was really following him because I was we were, you know, we being the media and a few of us were following Jonathan Taylor to try to get film his last walk off the field and I have some video of that up on my Twitter at alo underscore 33 if you want to check some of that out but we were following JT and Chris Orr was following along with us and it was awesome to see him do the rounds how much people just love him and then I saw him give his uh, family some hugs and you know take some pictures with them and it was just awesome to see how happy he was following that game Zach Hint's another story I mean to do that in his last game ever it was so funny seeing Zach Hintz, a guy that usually actually gets called during media availability, but we'll just kind of stand by himself for a little while over there in the corner or whatever, chilling, hanging out. Yeah, today when he came out, let's just say about 20 people flocked over to him in the press availability, and for good reason, of course, after the 62-yard field goal. But the main story here has to be Jonathan Taylor, and it felt the entire way in that fourth quarter and after the game that this was JT's final game at Camp Randall. A guy that passed Herschel Walker last week for the most rushing yards by a junior. Uh, a guy that is the consummate, I almost said professional, I was going to say professional, but I mean obviously he's an amateur. Thank you NCAA. But to be real, he, treats, he, he acts like a professional. He's treated like a professional in many ways, non-monetary ways. Um, but he got a curtain call after the or during the game, actually, sorry. He had a curtain call where he went in for a carry and then Paul Christ intentionally took him out at the end of the game really to give the fans one last chance to cheer him on. And the the bench got up and were clapping and it was a special moment to see everybody acknowledging him for what will probably be the last time he walks off the Camp Randall Field. And then after the game, he did a basically a victory lap where he went all the way around signing things for people, giving people hugs, high-fiving everyone, and we followed him along that path. And there were a lot of chants in there of the crowd, you know, stay one more year, one more year, one more year, one more year, JT. It's not going to happen, I don't think, and nor should it happen, in my opinion, for the best of Jonathan Taylor and what you know is in Jonathan Taylor's best interest and what you know should be the only thing that really he considers, which is his own best interest. And, of course, that would be going to the NFL. I think people understand that, and I think he understands that. Um, but obviously Wisconsin fans would love to be spoiled another year, uh, of course. But watching him do that victory lap really put everything into perspective and was a special moment for for me as well, just watching him do that in what's probably my last home game as a student also, uh, to be able to follow him along that path, watch him give those hugs, watch him sign those autographs, watch him make so many people happy. Um, it was a really cool moment on senior day to see that happen. And now it's time to go get the axe. It's time to get that axe back. It's time to go put the axe where it rightfully belongs in the trophy case that's waiting for it here in Madison, Wisconsin. More on how Wisconsin can do that later in the week with hopefully some special guests um, that we can bring on to talk about that. But, you know, what will Wisconsin winning this game mean? What will Wisconsin losing this game mean? I said last year, after the game against Minnesota, this could be a program-defining win for Minnesota, that game last year. 
And hey, it's looked to be that way. I mean, nine and one under PJ Fleck this year, a team that has turned everything around, rowing the boat with authority, and a team that looks the part against Penn State, a team that looked the part against Iowa. I mean, I know they lost the game, but they hung tough with a Hawkeye team at Kinnick. Not an easy place to play for any contender, let alone Minnesota. No, I would not put them in the contender category. Please don't, don't. Call me on that. That doesn't mean I think they're a contender. They never were a contender. They're not a contender now. They weren't a contender last week. They weren't a contender when they were 8-0. They're not a contender. But they have looked like a very, very good football team this year. And what would a win mean for Wisconsin, though? I think it could be almost the same effect that it had on Minnesota last year if Wisconsin can make the most of a win. So if Wisconsin wins this game, of course... The obvious thing is they go to Indianapolis. They go to the Big Ten Championship. If they lose this game, they go to the insert uh, random advertisement here bowl. So I I don't think anybody wants to see that. A sad bowl game is about the last thing Wisconsin fans want right now. And an insert advertisement here bowl would be pretty disastrous. And not to say all, all bowl games aren't sponsored. You know, they're all sponsored now, of course. It's the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. It's not the Peach Bowl. But I think we all know the difference between a real bowl and an insert advertisement here bowl. So if Wisconsin wins this game, they go to Indy and they play Ohio State. And if Wisconsin keeps that game respectable, and I think <laughs> against Ohio State, 10 points is respectable. 14 would be kind of and not respectable. I mean, that'd be... Uh, I'd say that's respectable against the amount of talent Ohio State's had. I talked about it all Ohio State week. The difference in recruiting, the difference in, you know, the crazy difference in how many recruits Ohio State gets of the five-star, four-star caliber compared to Wisconsin, who had zero five-star recruits on the field when they played Ohio State in Columbus. A game with, with which Wisconsin was down 10-7 in the third quarter. I mean, that game wasn't over the entire time. It wasn't just a funeral for Wisconsin from the opening kickoff. I mean, they had a chance to, to hang in that game. Not Never really a chance to win it, of course but a chance to hang tough, which they, they couldn't do based on a couple of key mistakes. But Wisconsin wins against Minnesota, keeps it respectable. I'll tell you why it's a program-changing win, because going to the Rose Bowl, which is, I think, what would happen uh, if Wisconsin beats Minnesota, it's the most likely outcome if Wisconsin beats Minnesota and keeps it respectable against Ohio State. The Rose Bowl or New Year's Six Bowl in Florida, which would be the second most likely outcome of that, is a successful season where you can go into the recruiting pool and say, hey, look, we did this. Also, Wisconsin has a great shot of winning the Rose Bowl. Oregon, Utah, I don't know about you, I don't know about you, but these are teams I think Wisconsin can beat. I've watched Oregon almost all year, and of course the loss to Arizona State kills their playoff chances, but I this Ducks team under Mario Cristobal has been inconsistent even in wins. I mean, they did a game against Washington where they were down big, came back. They've had some they've had some questionable wins on their way. Of course, they should have beaten Auburn week one, so they've had some questionable losses as well. But they were questionable on their way to being a one-loss football team with a chance to be in the college football playoff. That all went up in smoke in Tempe, Arizona. You play to win the game. Herm Edwards, baby. Arizona State, Jaden Daniels, the freshman, and some talent there in Tempe that Herm Edwards is coaching up well and of course that ended Oregon's chances of doing those big things in the college football playoff but it you know leaves Oregon very very likely to be 
with a win over Utah in the Pac-12 championship in the Rose Bowl. So Wisconsin against Oregon, Wisconsin against Utah. These are teams Wisconsin can beat. A Rose Bowl victory versus who cares if you win the insert advertisement here bowl? It doesn't matter. But losing the Axe two years in a row would mean playing in a bowl game that Wisconsin fans don't want to play in. And for recruiting, for feeling that this team's legitimacy, this program's legitimacy is can ever be, it's not, not even is, can ever be near the likes of an Ohio State, this is the kind of game that can define the next few years. This game against Minnesota. Getting to the Big Ten Championship, getting to a significant, significant bowl game, this is a program-defining game. And we'll talk a lot more about it all week here on Locked on Badgers. I'm Ashley Lowe signing off for today. As always, on Wisconsin. Happy Axe Week.